Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. So today's show, I'm talking to Lisa Wynn and Lisa Wynn is a master coach, a certified wealth creation coach and a human design specialist working in the field of legacy creation. Her huge mission is to evolve the paradigm of change making to see more health, wealth and happiness and ease the lives of incredible change makers around the world. She works with socially inspired entrepreneurs, coaches and organisations from aid agencies to government departments and household name corporates. This is a very dear friend of mine. So let's get talking to her. And we're today going to be talking about the embodiment of wealth and what it means to embody money. Let's get going. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure, as always. As always. And I'm very jealous of the plants you have behind you because um, mine are, in here, mine are plastic. Um, because I'm not very good with plants. I'm very good with animals, not bad with children, a measured <laughs> amount of children time. Um, but plants, I'm just going to bring mine into view for those on video, that they're, but they're plastic. Um, and your plants aren't, they just look, you, you, you're, you have so, you're so green, green fingered. So I'm very jealous. I just, you know, this, this one just, I got that from my little leaf. It was six inches wow. tall when I got it, yes. And what plant is that called? It's a monstera. Wow. And where did you get the little stem from? Did you nick it? No, it was a gift. It was a birthday present. Okay. That's, and how, so it's a long time ago then? Um, a few years, not that, that long. Wow. We grow happened. really fast. Monstera grows really fast. Yeah. Amazing. If so you don't cool. kill them. <laughs> don't kill them. And you've got some lovely roses in the background as well. So that looks that looking looking all all lovely in the background. I shouldn't tell people my my, my flowers are plastic, really. <laughs> um, we go off on subject. I just was very jealous <laughs> of your of your plants, so I thought I'd mention it. Um, so we're going to be talking today what it means to embody wealth. When and when you come up with this title, I just thought yes, it's just so like just so you. It's just so Winnie, um, <laughs> as I refer you to uh, to you, I should say. And so let's get talking. So this subject came up around um, alignment and around money and the saying of batching for energy matching. I seem to have said this a few times to people in my team recently where um, they're jumping from one thing to the other. They're, you know, it's, it, there's multiple things happening at once and then they're juggling kids and family and just you know just be it's too much so you end up not feeling calmness and I felt this the last few days actually I had a lot going on that then I started to get a headache and I just just didn't feel just didn't feel right just didn't feel great and so batching up with time and energy matching to make sure that you are feeling comfortable with what you're doing you're getting a job done and then you can calmly move on to the next thing 
Um, and I feel that that's the same with money. That's the same with wealth. It's the same with our, our well-being. It's the same with our health. It's the same with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this other saying that I really like is um, where energy goes, money flows. Hmm. Um, and I was talking to you before about how I thought of somebody this morning and then I got a message from them 10 minutes later or an hour later saying hi this is me by the way and I didn't recognize the number and I've just thought about them Um, Hmm. and then there was something else similar that happened um, where I was having a conversation with somebody and I didn't know how to approach something and then they just brought it up and it's just how like this alignment when you're on the right track or something just feels good and things just happen so much more naturally so what is this synchronicity what what is this what does this mean so many juicy things in there (laughs) you know for me synchronicity is when you are on your path your way and it's so easy to think that for instance for some people, being calm is, is great. For some, some people are not designed to be calm. Some people are designed to be excited. And some people, if we really look at people's human design, for instance, some people are designed to move in a linear path. So you're a generator, right? So you're designed to move in a linear path and to focus on mastery. Me, I'm a manifesting generator. I am designed to do whatever the hell lights me up until it stops lighting me up and then do something else. And and when you see the conditioning that happens to us when we're younger, I was always taught stay in your lane, do the thing, get better step by steps. You're flaky, stop moving around. So Mm. I tried to be something um, that, that other people told me I should be. And then um, once I realized my human design, I am designed to be what other people call flaky. Because here's the thing, nobody would ever say to me um, that they didn't want to swap with my lifestyle. People would say, you're always flying, you're always here, you're always there. Surely you're exhausted, surely you're this. And I'd say, well, do you want, you know, so you don't fancy what I'm doing? They're like, no, no, I would like to swap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, synchronicity is really where we say not just what's our direction what's our path and be on it but be aligned with how we're designed to walk along that path or okay. backwards and forwards across it <laughs> but so much things get in the way of that right yeah and the biggest thing is conditioning hmm. really it is so we're you know society wants us to not shine too bright um, again, in human design terms, the heart center is also called the will or the ego center. And it's the home of both self-worth and self-love, but also the material access to the material plane. Mm. So, so many people who are brought up to, um, who have a defined heart, who have, you know, a powerful, healthy ego, they're taught don't shine too bright, don't make it look too easy. Um, sit back let the others have a go and then most people have an undefined heart we're sort of looking around thinking it's not okay to feel worthy and then so we're so deeply conditioned about what it means to be worthy about how we should show up and and this is so important to our wealth creation Mm. when we're in that we're in that synchronicity 
when we're following our destiny, when we're aligned, when we've recognized our conditioning and let it go, then it's we're naturally magnetic to wealth. And then it's just about managing what comes in. Okay, so it's what do you mean by being energetic to wealth and it just comes in? What there, there seems to be like that's like a couple of sentences which could be like years of work (laughs) yeah it could be but also with the right mentor or the right understanding of your human design we can collapse that time right so um being magnetic really it, it is about i really believe that life is benevolent that we're meant to have everything that would make our life easy that we're meant to have the things which allow us to make our greatest contribution. And money is just an incredible resource for that, right? Yeah. So why would the universe be set up in a way that it's difficult to make money? Yeah. That makes no sense at all. So if we were to just come, and I say just because, yeah, you're right, it could be years of work or it could be, but each little step collapses time. Hmm. that we come back to who we really are so you and I we're both different types of generator we have a defined sacral center we're just constantly magnetizing but the problem is that if we're out of alignment if we're conditioned then what we're magnetizing is absolute you know stuff we don't want okay so it's about learning to magnetize what you really want not what you can cope with so what would that look like if you weren't aligned and you were magnetizing what you didn't want would you be then finding work really stressful maybe or would you be finding that it's not as it's not easy like it's all quite you know it's quite hard yeah I think essentially I guess the truth is that what we do is we magnetize what we really want deep inside now if like some people are only really happy when they're miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can think of a family member of us on my head. I had a conversation with him the other day and I was like, did I ring at a bad time? He's just always <laughs> miserable though. But I literally nearly used one of my family members and then thought, that better I don't not. think they'll ever listen to this, but you never know. <laughs> um, so, so some people are only really miserable, are really only happy when they're miserable. So at a deep level, what they're doing is magnetizing the misery. Right. Um, I was always taught that um, the best people in life work the hardest. The, the harder you work, mm. the more morality your own. you have almost. Yeah. There's this morality around hard work. Yeah. So I would always attract hard work. And yeah. then it, I would think, well, I, at one level, I really enjoy it. I would complain about it. I'm not actually, I'm not a big complainer. I do quite enjoy hard work, but you know, I'd be thinking, oh, I wish it was easier, but actually I don't really. Deep down, mm. I'm attached to it being hard. So when we can really look and say, what is it we genuinely want, not what are we conditioned to want? Yeah. Then we can align with that. So we'll attract, we'll create in our lives whatever it is that we actually really want in our conditioning. Yeah, and I can see that thinking back over the last year or so for myself, I can, I can come come up with a couple of scenarios where I can see that. But I had to create this, the adjustment. The biggest thing was creating the space. And I was talking to a lady yesterday who is about eight or so years younger than me. She's got a young younger child than I have now, 
Um, and she runs several businesses. She's absolutely incredible. Um, and she doesn't know what she wants anymore. She's almost been so conditioned to be on this train running at a million miles an hour. And her, it came from the fact that she was, you know, reinvesting back in the business. When she first started, she was living off mate's sofas and, you know, sofa jumping. And so she's still got this mentality of the work hard mentality. She doesn't come from a lot of money. So she, you know, again, that work hard mentality kicks in again at another level. Um, and she's reached a point where she just seems to be adding to her plate and she can't figure out why. And, and I, the thing I said to her is that you, you, before you can even consider all of that and add more to your plate effectively, is that you need to create some space. So I started to do that beginning of this year and later last year by getting the right team members in place and start doing more of the things that I enjoy and um, started doing less of the things that I didn't enjoy. Um, yes, it affected my, 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 my profit margins, although looking at my accounts, my profit margins have gone up massively in a 50% increase in them, actually 105% compared to 2021, which was amazing. But for, for this part of this year, um, it's, it means I'm earning that little bit, the business is not as profitable, if you want to call it that, but um, I do believe that I'll be then in the right place to actually generate more business in the first place, whereas I'll be definitely plateaued and, and strung out and burnt out the other the alternative way um and but it took me a couple of months to almost readjust to not being on that that, that you know that hamster wheel and but my body almost said to me this is really bizarre what are you doing and almost was trying to get me being busy again it was almost like a such a natural instinct to go I've got to be busy that I almost tried, tried to make myself busy for no real reason it wasn't doing anything that really I wanted to do I just found myself doing stuff because I was used to doing stuff um and then once I actually started to go stop doing that stop, just stop doing that just stop doing that and I just kept trying to create space more space more space and then I relaxed then I started to could really reflect and decide what I really wanted um and I needed to start taking action by quite quite soon because I was actually getting quite complacent and bored. Um, and then as soon as I started doing the things that I enjoyed doing, and especially this week, I've had a couple of meetings this week, uh, more around my um, networking uh, collaboration, women's women in business group. And they just felt amazing. It felt really aligned. It really felt like I should, this is what I should be doing. This is so natural for me. It didn't find, I didn't find it hard work. But I've been 10 years in business and it's it's taken me, it feels like forever to get to this point to realise that. Um, but is that is that just part of the process, right? Are we not, there's not an end journey, there's not an end destination. Yeah, I mean, there it, there <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think there should be an end destination. I mean, apart from maybe if you're you're planning to sell your, you know, an exit sales strategy right. at some point. But in, in a way, the worst thing that can happen is to be successful doing it in a way that's unhealthy for you. Yeah. So if, for instance, you're super successful working really hard, which, of course, you probably would be because hard work does work. Mm. So if you're working really, really hard, if you're if you're burning yourself out, if you're ruining your relationships, if you're making your health you know, a problem yeah. and it's working, people don't stop. 
and and sometimes they do more of it you know because they'll tell themselves if I can just make a million if I can just get this in the bank if I can do that then I'll look after my health for instance or then I'll make time for a relationship so and and but but now things are changing so fast I think we're really recognizing that um how you're how you are how you make money is part of how you're how successful you are success in the 80s right was all about money and then in the 90s is all about space and now now i think we we really want to oh we want to be able to have spaciousness and make more money Um, Mm. but actually and this is this is for me this is the embodiment piece yeah if i say this is how i'm designed to work this is what's really fun for me. This is what lights me up. Yeah. I know that I get the biggest opportunities fall into my lap and it feels like they just fell into my lap <clears throat> when I'm in coffee shops. There's something about being a coffee shop or swimming pools. There's something about just walking away from the office, being doing something else mm. that almost gives the, it's that yin energy. It's the leaning back energy. Yeah, that gives you the space for all that yang, all that masculine do 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 energy to work. But we're so yeah. busy in yang energy, getting stuff done, being busy, making morality of that. That I think the universe is there saying, "Well, she seems to have got this covered, mate." You know, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go and just drop something into the lap of somebody who's got space for it. She's a bit too busy. Yeah. So this is where it's finding that balance, the yin and the yang alignment this is the depth for me of embodiment of wealth real wealth amazing so what can people do so those that are listening that they probably resonated with lots of things that we've said um is there sort of like a few things that they can start to do to start to sort of lean into that a little bit more Mm. or or lean out of it depending if you're yin Mm. or yang in So there's lots of things. I think one thing is to understand what it is that you're really trying to create. So, and and usually when we talk about that, what we mean is that your picture of success. But I don't mean that. I mean, what is your conditioning pushing you or, or asking you to push for? Right. Are you pushing to feel good? We all want to feel good about ourselves. You know, almost everything that we do is to feel good about ourselves. So what makes you feel good about yourself? Is it working like a dog? She says with two puppies who have been, who I've been told they don't <laughs> sleep enough. They have to sleep for 20 hours a day. I don't know why we say working like a dog. Um, sort of the opposite. Um, but, you know, it, is it that you want to feel better about yourself by working really hard? When you see that, then we can say, well, how else can I feel really good about myself? Mm. You know, if you think about overspending, people overspend to feel better about themselves. Oh, totally. Yeah, I can see so, that. So what's driving you to overspend? Because overspending is another way that we lose spaciousness. If I overspend, yeah. I've got to overwork to pay back the overspending. And then I'm yeah. shattered. So then I overspend to feel better because I've been overworking. The whole thing is yeah. So, so, so often for my work as a coach, I'm really digging into what's, what's the breakthrough point that is actually the underlying driver. 
and and let's get rid of that let's let's replace it with something positive yeah and I can resonate with that because what I used to do a lot of um awards and I wrote a I wrote a book five years ago and I did a TEDx talk and I know I did this all with um pretty much a newborn baby and I was really wanting to win the awards and they meant a lot a lot to me um and I felt like it was you know some sort of validation but I didn't understand at the time what was really driving it and why I was pushing for for success deemed success um and then when I achieved it I looked back and I realized it was it wasn't for other people external validation it was internal validation of myself and my own worth Hmm. um and then my decision making completely changed the way the path I took the decisions I made they completely changed and and I find that shifting like more even more again this year um about how can I serve how how can I how can my skills help others but I can still earn money from it I can still you know it's about the the impact and the difference that I can make but I get paid for it and you know everyone's happy (laughs) and I guess that's embodiment of wealth I, I guess in a nutshell right absolutely I mean for me my my phrase that I use more and more these days is wealth through impact yeah because so many there's like this whole thing about impact is something that a lot of people particularly sort of online coaches and entrepreneurs they've sort of got hold of this so they want to be wealthy in order to make an impact and, and, and there's a lot of lip, honestly, there's a lot of lip service paid to it as well. Mm. And if you ask them, what's the impact? They'll say, well, I want more people to have money. Yeah, but is that, that that's not an, um, it's not really mm. a positive impact. Those people might, you can have more money and feel worse about yourself. Yeah. But just having more money should never be the end goal in my mind. No. So for me, I've recognized, and, and I'm literally drawn this way, you know, it's in my design. <laughs> that I'm that I am I'm here to teach about wealth and impact they yeah. sit either side of my human design so for me I know that I've been using this phrase around multiple streams of impact oh, okay so for instance when I'm earning money I want to earn money in a way that makes an impact I want yeah. people to pay me for services that change their life change their customers life whatever I want to, when I'm earning money, I want it to, I want to pay bookkeepers and accountants that are interested in doing things ethically. I, you do all my investments for me, right? Because yeah. I know that you're going to help me invest ethically. Yeah. So every month, a chunk of money on the first of the month, it, it comes into my account from my business account. The chunk goes straight out to my ethical pension. Yeah. So I don't need that money right now. That money is working for me in the future. But in the meantime, it's changing the world for the better. And it's also avoiding doing more damage. Yeah. And then I when I'm earning money, I can put some of that money into organizations like Kiva or Women for Women um, that I pay into every month because they're making um, interest-free loans. Kiva makes if you don't it makes interest-free loans around yeah. the world and then the money comes back in. So I, I can see my money moving around the world. It's not just sitting in a bank account getting minus 0.6% or whatever. You know, it's 
it's it's either it's one point two with inflation at the moment minus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I'm making these multiple streams of impact everywhere mm. I look. I can see I'm buying consciously. Mm. Um, you know I'm even when I'm you know I've got two new puppies. I'm I'm buying food for them that I can see where it's come from that it's doing them good, but it's been sourced ethically. So. Right when you really embody wealth it becomes sort of like holographic everywhere you look your money is making an impact either in how you earn it how you spend it how you save it how you protect yourself yeah. in the future and it Got feels it. so good it does you know it feels like genuine abundance and there's the embodiment right you can't help but just feel good in your body when you know your money's working fantastically in every direction yeah and let's just touch on on that feeling and you mentioned it about about spending about feeling good um and I think this is an area that um men and women but I do find a lot with women either if, if it's spending on their children um or spending on I don't know a new pair of shoes or something um where there does seem to be a lot of misalignment but also what I notice is that people, those same habits, they bring it into their business and they then, everyone uses this term investing back in your business, um, where they just it becomes a, basically a spending habit where you just literally have to have, like you're an amazing coach and I would, you know, you're worth every penny, but where literally you're having a new website every year, you're having rebranding every year, you've got a different coach every five minutes and you're on a different program and it's literally you've bought 20 million different courses and you haven't done any of them. Mm -hmm. You're not, that's not embodying your wealth. That's not, you know, that's just a spending habit. Basically, that's not investing back in your business. That's just a, you know, it's like a crack habit of <laughs> courses and programs and things. Um, and so you, you see this stuff and um, but I think where where we where the, the the missing part is is where where the question that you asked is what you know what lights you up what what makes you happy where where are you actually going to because if you that that's where the misalignment can come and you end up bit like I was at one point driven down one particular path and and now I'm trying to spend um, you know what not just money on my kids but many on myself like I have a spa day and I and get my hair cut and I'll get my nails done and you know they, they're, they're things that vibrationally make me feel good about I've just done, done my, redone my office and it, it feels so much nicer in this space um and I, so I'm not I'm not sure what my point was but I think it's um just going back to that that, that what you were saying around spending and aligned spending and how as women um that can be something that we were emotionally driven by the moment rather than actually reflecting around it. Mm. I think it's the level of consciousness. And again, what are you trying to do? So for me, I love, I love getting my nails done. It makes me sit still for 45 minutes. <laughs> um, I really love the place that I go. It's really nice. Um, and I am on the computer a lot or on the screen a lot. I see my hands a lot. So it's, it, I love to see my hands looking nice rather than, you know, a mess. Um, but if I feel horrible about myself, 
And I think, well, at least my nails look nice. That's very different from I feel embodied in my life and I love getting my nails done. So it's this difference almost between want and need versus desire. Mm. So when you need your nails done in order to feel good about yourself, that's actually quite a low vibration. Yeah. But if you can say, I really desire, like I'm, amazing the way I am and I love getting my nails done for me that's the embodiment of wealth it's abundance not lack yeah yeah I can see the switch there I can see the difference Mm. yeah and I think for for me personally and everyone's probably got their own reflections on this is that um I think I, I think because I never really came from an environment where you know we were you know, I was a tomboy growing up, you know, I'd hand me downs from my, my older brother. So I still sometimes struggle with that um, in terms of, well, that, that's something that I, I desire. It's almost like, well, you don't need it. So don't buy it. You know, that frugal, that frugal lacking sort of mentality when you brought up, not necessarily if you've got the family's got money or not, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. It's that conditioning that you spoke of. It's quite hard to recognize the language that you tell yourself around some of those you know that desire that that luxurious you know lifestyle and I see some people who you know and I I saw something the other day where um it was a celebrity and it was like you know a Rolex watch or it was a a car of some description and we're talking like hundreds of thousands of pounds or something was really basic item and I don't I don't tend to judge people in that because that's what that's what they their desires then great it's not my cup of tea like I wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't fill me up in the same way it may them but there is a part of me that goes well that's just a waste that's just that's just so extravagant that it's you know it's unnecessary and you know how how is that 250 300 grand grand car why why spend that much money on something that's just, it's just a car, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've still got some work to do on that because there's, there's still a form of judgment there, right? Around me judging others and judging myself at the same time, I think. I, it's interesting. So, you know, as a professional coach, I've spent 20 years teaching myself to be non-judgmental. <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I, learn like deeper into deeper into my human design I realized that I actually have judgment sense I'm designed to make sense of the world through judgment and it, it's really helped me to see judgment differently because it, if I had 350,000 pounds to spend on a car there is no way I would spend it on a car mm. um it's just not how I'm wired. It's not mm. because I'm a, if I, every time I got in that car, I would think of what I could have done with that money. Mm. And I was having a conversation with my coach about this recently and about some of the things I see happening in the online space and people talking about impact in terms of being able to buy Gucci handbags or Lamborghinis or you know, I, I like. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't yeah. want to say too many examples because then it might people go. Oh, I know who she's talking about. You don't. I promise. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up, right? But my plants 
Yeah, you know, my every you know every room in my house looks like this, right? My house is like Kew Gardens. You can't even see the ones that my 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 window in front of me is adorned with trees as well. Yeah, um, there'd be a lot of people who would look at that and say, "Well, wouldn't waste money on plants." Yeah, you could do something else with that. So it's really interesting if we let if we allow our judgments to run wild a little bit. And, and we look at luxury and we say, what do we consider to be luxury? Hmm. And, and I found myself like for me, this was such a breakthrough. I live in a three bedroom house on my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hell of a luxury. Yeah, that means you've got room for people like me to come and stay. Exactly. <laughs> I have the luxury of Rebecca Robertson coming to stay. <laughs> you know, I've, I've a garden all to myself well now I share it with two puppies but you know yeah um so when we look at what luxury means to us I I buy a hybrid car Mm -hmm. because I really I want to drive I need to be able to drive where I live but I would I want a hybrid so that I'm doing what I consider to be the least damage when I'm driving yeah these are all different types of luxuries that when you really look into them and you own them, you say, these are my desires mm. and let go of the judgments around them. Mm. You can create far greater wealth because you're not limiting it. Right. So if we're sitting here right now and we think, okay, well in 12 months time, I want to be next year. I'd like to have four really lovely holidays. Mm. Um, but straight away, my, 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 I'm very much a, you know, financial person, quite obviously. And I'll be saying, well, no, you can't do that because of this. And you'd need to have that much. And you need to do this much. Straight away, I'm limiting it by allowing my conscious brain and my, I'm not sure if it's the right side of my brain, kick in. Left, is it the right or the left? I forget. It's old. It's actually old neuroscience. Yeah. Right. It's not actually true that one side is creative and the other side is logical. Okay. Yeah. There's a certain part of my brain, the monkey yes. brain, probably. They just let go of it. Yeah. <laughs> Kicks in and, and gives like a financial spreadsheet breakdown of, well, that's not going to happen for whatever reason. Um, so, how do you change that? Hmm. Well, I guess part of, the first thing is to look at where your desire for four holidays comes from. Yeah. So if you, some people want four holidays a year because life is so rubbish <laughs> that they need to keep, ex, ex, you know, escaping life. Yeah, not for me. No, just because no. Um, entertaining the children in the holidays, big one. And if you go away and it's warm, there's more things for them to do. Um, be, nicer beaches, pools to swim in. They both like swimming. And there's an eight, eight year gap. And I can, my teenager will be quite happy sitting on a sun lounger. So it's completely more of a selfish reason. It would mean that the kids are happy, therefore mum's happy. <laughs> okay, so what you really want is four times a year that you can easily tap into relaxation for yourself because the children are happy and they're not stressing you to do things. Yeah. Okay. So why, why do you only want that four times? Um, what, you mean I can have it more? Um, I suppose there, there, there's, summer, there's summer holidays, Easter holidays, maybe Christmas and a half term. 
but there's only maybe only one or two more half terms so maybe five six opportunities I think a year that I could go when the kids are off school okay um so do you hear like there's a distinction there's that there's an argument here between your mind and your soul Mm -hmm. your heart and soul want to feel relaxed to for your kids to be happy so that you can feel at home and all those things mm -hmm. and your mind is saying well I think what we can do is we can manage that three times a year maybe four and and then a little bit twice yeah so so often what we want to do is tap into what it is our soul's really asking us for mm. so that you could because ideally it would be amazing to have that feeling every day of the year right yeah and then yeah. when you go on holiday it's extra cherry on the cake yeah got it yeah I guess I've, I mean I think there's this extra pressure um day to day like we have my kids have hobbies and it's I'm, I'm quite I'm, every day like day to day they're happy I'm happy we've got a really good rhythm and routine um, but I think the holidays can get a little bit more stressful because I've got such a big age gap. And then if I do one thing with one and I can't do the other thing with the other, um, that's where it's sort of, you know, so how, how I can do that more in the UK. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, though. So I'm, I'm not saying, like, don't have the holidays, don't go away. No. But in terms of creating that reality for yourself yeah you there's a frequency a vibration right. of four holidays a year okay and exactly do you see what happened to your face then like yeah okay yeah it's, and immediately you're in it when you think about it there's this there's this embodiment that happens it comes into your nervous system and your nervous system says oh hello yes <laughs> yeah yeah and so now we're in this space of four holidays a year. That's the energy that is going to attract the reality mm. of four holidays a year. Okay. How on earth am I going to create four holidays a year because it's so stressful in the holidays? That is not an energetic match for four holidays no. a year. Yeah. So finding ways to embody the feeling of what you mm. want to create and live from there, move from there, Mm. That you the four holidays a year are going to fall into place and you might even find you don't even need four holidays a year or it might be eight your mind is making up a story that four is a good number yeah your nervous system and your soul want to create endless relaxation with some gorgeous holidays yeah got it okay so really then what that sounds like you're saying is focus on um the feeling focus on the desire focus on sort of that end outcome and less about how you get there hmm. okay I've got that because and I hope, <laughs> I hope that's helped other people listening as well it's the version of you that feels that way that knows how to get there yeah because in, in reality it's it's doable but your logical brain kicks in and starts to argue with you in a, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm asking to, I don't know, buy a half a, mount, half a million pound luxury yacht next year. I'm not sure if I'd, if I don't like, actually like boats that much. So there would be no point, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like the 350 grand car. I'd rather, 
I'd buy a stables. If I had 350 grand to buy a, um, a car, I'd be more likely to go and buy a stables or some land and more horses. And if you had that, would you still want to go abroad four times a year? Probably not. No, no, no. You see, like our soul yearns for something and our mind makes up a story about how it could be achieved. Mm. I, I don't know if I've this before, I, I worked with this young sales guy who came to me for coaching because he wanted to own a helicopter. Right. And um, the reason he wanted a helicopter when I asked him was so that he could have more adventure in his life. And he'd, okay. his, his mind had created the story that if he earned enough money to have a helicopter, then he could just jump in a helicopter and go anywhere he wanted. Yeah. And he was so adamant about this helicopter. And when we really looked at it, you know, what he wanted was more adventure, mm. um, more freedom. If he'd got to work hard enough to own a helicopter, he wasn't going to have time for those things. <laughs> what he quickly realized was it made a lot more sense to fly easy jet for 15 quid or whatever to, or you know um wherever he was going um for the weekend than the helicopter and then as soon as he realized what the helicopter really represented of course he didn't want one it was yeah. it was actually the antithesis of what he wanted because mm, you don't want to live a life which feels stress you know stressful all the way through the holidays apart from when we're in the Ca Casablanca or whatever <laughs> no and and so that's, I mean my husband's not into um the holiday thing at all he believes in making your life like you know brilliant without without that um and and but for me it's like yeah I want both I don't see why I can't have an amazing life and plus the holidays like you can have both if that's what you want of course why wouldn't you um but he spending wise, he'd be more likely to spend on meals out and, you know, um, like takeaways or like 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 that. So he's, he's enjoying his week and he's happy. He's, he's a man. He likes food. So, you know, anything around food, um, whereas I'll forgo, you know, the takeaways or a few meals out, because if we if we're going to then put the money aside to go on holiday. Um, so that's where it's quite an interesting conversation about relationships and, and the, the alignment piece around that where you've got two people with two different and I find that with women quite a lot that they're often fulfilling other people's needs rather than actually listening to what it is that they desire and what their souls want because we're taught to look after everybody else definitely and you know also something I notice about a lot of women in business is that they will invest in the business. They'll invest in a mentor who knows more than they do. I no longer invest in mentors or my business. I only invest in myself. Yeah. Because I know that if suddenly, as 2020, I was working this out earlier, Becky, I, April, May, June, 2020, I earned a total of £6,020, of which I had to pay 70% to the associate who delivered the work. Wow, okay. Literally, the pandemic wiped my business out overnight. Yeah. And then in the two years since April, I was literally working this out yesterday, in the two years since, um, I, since 8th of June 2020, I earned more than in any two-year episode before right so from complete wipeout like yeah. what felt like not exactly a standing start no 
But so I it was a new that. model. It was a new business model with a new audience and a new everything. Totally, totally. And in that time, I decided that like the thing that hadn't changed was me. Hmm. Environment had changed. The way people were buying had changed. Everything had changed apart from me. So if the investment is in me, it doesn't matter what the world throws at me. I'm, I'm hmm. up to it. Yeah. You can't take that away from me. You know, yeah. if, if a mentor I've worked with, it then turns out, I don't know, something goes wrong with that. I've got that. Like, you can't take that away from me. Yeah. So when people come to me and say, I really, as they sometimes do, like, I feel like I can't succeed without you. I'm like, then no. Because I don't want people to invest in me. I want them to invest in themselves. Yeah. And then they come so empowered. Yeah. And then they're coming saying, well, this is what I want for myself. Not what can you give me, but this is what I want. Mm. And, and I really believe if women can learn to imp- like invest in themselves. I know you've got, you know, this fabulous course coming up. Don't invest in the course. Invest in yourself by paying for the course. Yeah. And then if, it, if it's the right thing for you, if it's the right thing. Well, yeah. You yeah. can't invest in yourself by buying something that's not the right thing for you. Then you're just spending. That's yeah. not investing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've loved our chat today. And we've talked about all things embodying in wealth. And thank you for, for sharing your knowledge with us. But if people want to work with you or find out more about human design, we will obviously plant links in the blog and on iTunes and on Spotify, etc. And in uh, in google for youtube um but do you want to tell us a little bit about what those links might where they might be sent and how they might want to get in touch with you yes um the the best way probably is to come and find me on facebook um i or my website my website has you can get a free um you can create a free um body chart human design chart there if you want to perfect um that's where you, my, um, from Facebook you or Instagram, you will see me talking about the different programs. I run a free masterclass most months. Um, that's a great thing to sign up for. Come into my world, test me out free of charge and see if you feel like the magic might be for you. Perfect. I'm sure it will be. So we'll put those <laughs> links below so you can go and check those out. Um, thank you for joining us today, uh, Lisa, um, or Winnie, as I like to call you affectionately. <laughs> um, super uh, lovely to have you back. I think you were one of our first on the on the show when I first launched the podcast, coming up to two years in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm glad that we're still here and the sh- show is, is, is still going on. This will go out um, in a couple of weeks' time as this recording. Um, and well, I don't know, about three or four weeks' time. Um, so we're coming up into the summer when this comes out and um yeah it's hopefully the sun will be shining more than what it is right now because it seems to be <laughs> it was all right it's just been raining all the time where i am so hopefully the sun will be out whilst you're listening to this thank you again lisa and um it's goodbye from me thank you thanks for having me <laughs> very welcome thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth 
For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.